0: Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning into foes and fables. Today is a special little Q and a episode that was going to be just exclusive to our discord until I discovered that it's tough to just post full podcast episodes on, on discord. And, and it it got complicated and I didn't want to think too hard. So I figured I may as well just throw this up in the main feed. However, As much as this is a nice little bonus for our Discord members, which you can join at the link in the description if you would like to engage with other fans and friends of the show, this is still not a complete episode. The full Q&A that we will be doing for Evergreen and Iris is available to our patrons uh it is available on our patreon right now link in description and not only will you get the entirety of the q a episode when you join our patreon you will also get a backlog of bathroom breaks with the chapter of Iris and campaigns as they continue. And you will also get access to the playtest, which is our single player campaign that releases monthly. Lots of good stuff on there. We hope you can join our Patreon and enjoy it, but enjoy this little snippet of q and A Q&A episode. Here you go.
1: Hey everyone. Hi.
0: This is this is real formless. Look at us. Cozy. Cozy. Everybody's little Tootsies are all wrapped up under one blanket together here at Foes and Fables. Hi. I'm Tanner Azanero. I'm your I'm your usual dungeon master and host, and today we're doing something special. We're doing probably the closest that we've ever recorded something to it actually coming out onto the main feed. Probably. Little Q and A little Q and A app answering questions about evergreen and iris yo um i'm joined here with david sturges uh we also have zach stencil here hey answering some of your questions and wouldn't you, wouldn't you know it once again appearing on foes and fables just for fucking fun <laughs> Tyler That's right. I still exist. Yep. <laughs> wow. Arthur A. Chris Morrill is back in the flesh. Wow. No,
1: he doesn't exist anymore.
0: It's just me. So um, Tyler killed him. <laughs> Damn. Crazy. We um, gave him such a,
1: a, a <laughs> we gave him such a good ending and you killed him. You <laughs> murdered him in cold blood. Yeah, I had
0: to. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get rid of. I it. can't
1: explain, but I had
0: to. Oh, uh, it was right. a canon event. So uh, here's what's going to happen for those of you listening right now on the Discord. Um, this is going to be kind of like there's two episodes. There's a longer version of this that's going to be available to our patrons. Thank you, patrons, for listening. And Thank you so much. It means a lot. And then the Discord is also going to get a few of these questions up at the top. Little snippets. Um, but if you want the full thing, you got to join our Patreon and yeah let's just get started so i've got people's usernames from discord that they asked in our um uh q a channel um <clears throat> and i'm just gonna get started right at the top fat bald and funny asks why does lila not have magic she was in the car with the guys this is certainly a question for me um more than, more I, mean, than I know the else. answer do you know the answer? Magic didn't choose her. I mean, yes, yes, 100%. Magic chose us. There's, there's a Magic bit... is picky. Yeah. <laughs> it's misogynistic. Magic <laughs> is a misogynist. <laughs> no! A woman? No, no way. Uh, Not what, on my Fosal Fables podcast. But what
1: about Rowan?
0: Um, uh, <laughs> the reason is because, um, yes, s- the simple answer is that Lila just wasn't chosen. However. She was an NPC. Um there's a couple different reasons for it. Yes, there is the reason of she's an NPC. So why would I make her, you know, a magic person, you know, especially in evergreen where the point is that the party are the only people who are magic and they don't really have anybody else to turn to. Yeah, about it's just it.
1: us and a fish.
0: Um, and <laughs> the fish. And a Just goat. like in Iris, it's just us and a fish. <laughs> <laughs> the parallels. Um Uh the other reason too, more beyond mechanics, is because Lila, um if we're expanding it into Iris territory, Lila um is better serves magic in the role that she is in. And the other thing that kind of gets touched on in Iris, um, towards the end or not even towards the end, kind of when Lila is introduced back into the magic world is that she kind of like sees through it more. And like once the haze for her is broken, she kind of seems almost a little sensitive to it. Um, this is not me like confirming this because, I wouldn't know it unless it got played out and there's not going to be an opportunity for this to get played out. Um, but in my mind, if there was a continuation of the Iris story, I wouldn't be surprised if Lila did actually end up with magic in some capacity um, as she grew and, uh, you know, continued into the role, uh, that she was playing.
1: She can just do cantrips. Um, yet straight up, like maybe maybe a first level spell. I
0: wouldn't be surprised if, if we continue if that felt right for Lila, um, and Arlo as well, uh, in that regard, um, just because of their proximity to you guys, um, and the magic and all that, um, moving right along, uh, Dax Maximum asks, if any, were there backup characters made for this campaign? I'm going to say for, you know, Evergreen and Iris, um, if someone didn't make it, were there options in place to try to resurrect the dead or was it going to be a final death situation? I'm going to leave the first half of this question for you guys.
1: I had zero backup characters. I was going to cry if Kurt died. Same. No backups. I just kind of assumed there would be a different
0: arc written regarding how we respond to death and or try to bring them back because that's kind of the point Hiram was intending for himself to hold
1: in case we needed him for some reason. It's so funny because I actually had three backup characters.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Tyler, Tyler very much like nailed Arthur Icarus moral as a character from the first time he and I Mm -hmm. talked about it. Um, So, truly, Tyler didn't need any backup characters because Arthur was a 10 out of 10 knockout. Arthur was
1: designed to possibly die. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Also,
0: yeah, Arthur Arthur kind of had death written into his uh, story there. Um, In terms of options in place to try to resurrect dead or if it would be a final death situation, I think it depends on straight up when you guys would have died and probably how and how yeah truly it really depends on when and how especially in evergreen and i'll say this evergreen Mm -hmm. you guys had a much higher risk of dying for good than you did in iris yeah um
1: yeah but also like looking back on it especially after most recently obviously playing iris it felt like looking back the stakes like not that the stakes weren't as high but like we were lower level so yes there's that greater risk but most of the fights didn't seem as intense as iris and i think that could just be due to like high level play and how the story progressed but like you know even when we were fighting uh the lich and the half in evergreen like both mm-hmm. of those fights I didn't even think like I'm not dying like mm-hmm. we got this. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and I think too it also
0: just speaks to me getting better at making combats and everything cuz evergreen I was still just in not uh, not in infancy cuz I've been DMing for a while but like just getting used to that level of
1: play and everything getting yes, used to your characters. Yes. And it also felt like, you know, evergreen was the the lake where iris was the ocean where like it was so contained versus this is so big like in iris i mean i f- definitely felt like we were out of our element for a while and in evergreen we felt more like all right like yes we're new to this and yes we're still figuring this out but like this is still kind of familiar yeah the hero's journey was a little more straightforward i just knew i'd get a nat 20. <laughs> <laughs> It's the confidence. I will also say in terms of the like dying stuff, like Tanner made it like he made specific rules on like revivify and resurrection and all that stuff. And like death saves after that were not typical to make it feel more real. Um And so like, there was always these thoughts of like, man, if this does happen, like there's some, you know, real negative consequences and even I mean we had two characters who could heal which was super helpful so that kind of made it so i didn't often think of you know i'm gonna die i've got a plan for what's next but knowing that like if i ever got close there were alternate rules that made it harder to come back alive yeah and
0: yeah and again like it's so hard to answer that question just because it depends on when you would have died and how um especially in iris there were options for coming back to life but It depends on which option you took and how you died and what that Mm -hmm. meant for you coming back so i don't think anybody had any backup characters which weirdly like in hindsight i kind of like that i kind of like the um just clinging to what we got
1: and hoping that it works out Uh, i mean yeah i think there's always like when you make backup characters or have different ideas and specifically making backup characters you've kind of got this like, Oh, but what if I would have gotten to play them? Or like, what would have this have been like, had the dynamic been different? And I think, I mean, I didn't even think of anything else to build for evergreen Iris. And had, had I, I would have approached the campaign very differently of like, Oh, what if I was a martial class? What if I could heal? What if, you know, just all these, what ifs that I'm really glad I just got to solely focus on. I am Kirtland. I get to fully flesh out how this character feels, and like how they think. Yeah, 100%. What do you think you would have done if someone had to make a backup character that wasn't an arch being?
0: Um,. I mean, it would have been like that probably wouldn't have been a scenario where someone did die. And I could see it being like a placeholder character while the party that was originally the sec, the middle arc Mm -hmm. that was originally the middle, what the middle arc was going to be was Arthur guesting to try and help the party resurrect someone. Because I thought the deck of many things was going to off at least one person. And And it it almost almost did did. straight up almost (laughs) did that was, that was my thought. So, um, I thought there would have been a character similar to Arthur that one of them would have played who kind of assists in, you know, the journey to bring someone back, um, for that entire like eight episode center arc mm-hmm. and everything, but then didn't happen. So
1: yeah, I mean, that very much reminds me of, um, for those who've listened to the first campaign of Nadpod. pod. Um, spoilers if you haven't, but, um, the, uh, Shadowfell saga where Jake's character like dies and they also have a guest and then Jake has to play a character that eventually helps the party get his original character back. And that kind of sounds like what that would have been, but you know, Kirtland is goaded at pulling cards and got the wish. So <laughs>
0: true. True. Goaded at RNG, just like David in his nat twenties. <laughs> uh, next question is from Skylar from fireside dice Ooh. Tanner. What was the number one player decision that altered the direction of the campaign the most? easily hands down it was David Sturgis as Roman deciding to uh, subvert expectations and go a different route Mm. Um, that's probably the easy answer but I mean there's a reason it's the easy answer Um, fully took away a very likely (laughs) death fully took away um, you know the party probably having to work with Hiram Um, fully fully took away a lot of uh, big change in the very end of the campaign there
1: um, what about in Evergreen? Were there any massive ones? Ooh, I'm the trying to think. Hotel back. fight. probably. Oh, yeah. The yeah. hotel
0: fight was big because when you guys skipped, um, skipped the ghost encounter that was pretty big maybe the bat squatch. um <laughs> well the bat squatch was more just me rolling really poorly versus like a player decision um i think it was all skill uh
1: <laughs> yeah rng <laughs> baddies over Cheer here bell
0: rung <laughs> my bell was ringing ding, ding. um so were my ears um but definitely for sure uh for sure the subverting expectations <laughs> from roman decision um another question from skylar from fireside dice What has been y'all's favorite part of producing the show as a podcast?
1: I'm going to actually leave that up for you guys first before I easily the fact like the, I, I love being on this podcast. I love being a part of it. I love getting to share it with other people. And I love that you incredible listeners get to hear what we're doing and enjoy it in a way that like wouldn't be possible if we didn't record. But the fact that, we've been, I mean, we started recording like August or September of 2021. It is now July of 2023. And I get to go back and listen and hear exactly what was said. And remember how I felt in those moments, hanging out with my friends and like the memories that we've built are so tangible because it's recorded. Like I appreciate every single one of you, but if no one listened to this podcast, I would still do it because I have a, 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 time capsule of the like time i get to spend with my friends and that's the best part of doing this mm-hmm. yeah i fully
0: agree with the time capsule thing. and also for me it's i think it being a podcast f- makes us be more consistent with playing mm. i think if this hadn't been a podcast we wouldn't like fight to play as frequently mm-hmm. which is nice because then you know again i
1: love you all and i'm very appreciative you all listen to our podcast i just want to hang out with my friends and play games <laughs> yep <laughs> 100%. <laughs> yeah, I mean like that's a huge thing. Like we have a home campaign that we play maybe once a month, mm-hmm. um if we're lucky. Yeah. And I'm part of other campaigns that like we're also lucky if we get to play like once a quarter. Mm-hmm. Um and I cherish those campaigns dearly, but the fact that like we're all bought into this as much as we are, um and we all want it to be really good, I think it affects how we play and the decisions that we make. I think it helps all of us be sharper, both like improvers as well as, you know, like TTRPG creators in the sense of like learning the game Um, and strengthens the bundles of our friendship because we're getting to tell stories together and that's awesome. Um, But the fact that we can do it as consistently because we are all bought into it and we all love this project so much that we're like, yes, this is an important part of our week and we want to make time to do this. 100%. Um,
0: I think my own growth from doing the music thing to this was a big difference just because the music thing, for me, taking my creativity from like... uh, I have to rhyme to I get to kill people. I mean, like from... from invention to, you know, product on a shelf type thing, there's a lot more steps that are out of my control with the music thing. Mm. Um uh at least, you know, in terms of the actually like hands on with the project project and everything, um I'm not like a music producer. I never was, so I would always outsource it. Um and I just never felt like I don't know. It felt like a lot of work was getting put in for one song to come out, and I always wanted to do full albums, and I never felt like my vision was fully realized unless I got to do a full album. And if I listen did do, to the
1: Odyssey about the years
0: and if I got to, you know, the one full album I got to do felt really great and felt like exactly what I wanted to do. But then I was like, okay, back to a budget of singles and just singles and that's it. And it wasn't satisfying um, among other unsatisfying aspects of, you know, the music industry and that sort of thing. But creatively that was a big burden and, and not a burden, but it was just a big brick wall for me that I couldn't get past. And you know, that's a me thing, but moving from that to the D and D podcast where I get to be creative and I get to tell a story just myself. And I don't have to like, in terms of like the plot and the world and everything, I don't have to collaborate with anyone else. I just get to bring it. But then I get to collaborate with my friends in the midst of creating this thing that feels like it has a life of its own that feeds back into all of us. And then being able to take that and then I go in and edit everything myself And I see a finished product that I'm really proud of that the only hands that have touched it have been mine and my friends that is infinitely more rewarding than any creative thing that I ever did with music. Um, that's really, really important to me and why I'm so passionate about this is because it just constantly feeds the artist side of me that wants to create and you know, also feeds you know the business side of me that wants to create a good product and feel good about it and not feel like i've lost to the heart of the product in its presentation or in its placement on the shelf and that sort of thing and it just feels really honest um and real and it's super rad that people like it and yeah to echo off of what david and zach have already said it you know it 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 is crazy to tell a story that really matters to all of us and not only just be able to listen back, but to be able to listen back to your own D&D game and hear music and sound effects and like feel that story mm. breathe in a way that most people don't get to hear that D D session for them, except when they're like in the moment. Um, and a lot of people play with music and everything in the moment though, you know, people like our home games, we record our sessions on an iPhone just to be able to listen back. We do music and everything. Um, and that does the same thing for me, but to be able to reward, The stories that we tell with professional level audio that for Mm. us as a memory also feels like this big presentation thing just for us
1: um, is really important um, and keeps me doing it. But it's also so great that so many people have enjoyed it and found, you know like this we have an awesome discord community we're so thankful for the amazing people that sponsor us on patreon and, and like give us you know their hard-earned money to listen to more of what we have those who have just share us or, or follow or just listen like it's amazing that we get to tell this and you guys get to enjoy that because like previously if we were to just do this around the table we're the only ones who get to enjoy it or maybe like share it with a friend or significant other and tell them like oh, i had a really good dnd session but like we get to hear how this has impacted you and yeah. just like telling a story and you guys being like, Oh, that was so awesome. Like, yeah, that's a nice little ego boost, but like to be able to impact someone's life, even for, you know, just a couple hours of a and D game, like that is something really special to me. Um, yeah,
0: I, and that's even newer for us in terms of like the discord really taking off and everything and feeling like we've got, a kind of an ecosystem of you know fans who regularly engage with us like through the discord especially um kind of new it's a new thing for us to get used to so i'm glad you said that just because it's still something that i'm like wow it's crazy to know people know the story as much as we do and that it's important to them and that really means a lot and it's just a, it is it's still a new experience and it's still something that i'm like wrapping my head around of like yeah like people are tied in with us. Um, and that's just really, really cool, um, to see. And we're super appreciative of mm-hmm. you guys doing it's that. It's not
1: just me going, I cried at the end of virus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and even if it were just you, Thailand, it still means a lot. It's mm-hmm. just, it is. It's just weird to know that people all across the world are listening no. at this point And, Yeah, it means a ton. That is where we are going to bring the Discord portion of this episode to an end. If you want to hear the rest of our conversation, head on over to our Patreon and give us a subscription, and you can hear the rest of these Q&A questions answered for you. Thank you so much for being a member of our Discord. We love you very much, and we'll see you next time.
1: Bye!